let us bear in mind what we are about to do. We are about to discuss a teaching, a transmission that when applied, when understood and applied would bring about the transformation of our life, transformation of our existence in the direction that we have always wished and aspired for and even to a direction where there are things there that we do not yet are capable of even dreaming. Bring that to bear in our minds. So that every part of our body, every part of our being can participate. And catch as much as we can. invite that part of us that will allow us understanding to come to the forefront of our mind. again for being late again because I'm always late <laughs> uh, okay did you do your homework <laughs> remember what your homework was about <laughs> and were you supposed to tell me something no you were supposed to share something with me from your homework Remember what the homework was about? Remember the homework? Just to contact people, right? Or to make, to be aware of people, mm -hmm. subways and other places. Yeah. Any... And to share something imaginary. Yeah. Imagined. 
with them. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're, you know, every day when you're walking and you know, when you're taking this public transportation or whatever and you encounter people and just have full the thought of uh, wishing something, wishing them well. And you're supposed to watch your mind to see what doing that does to you. Did you do the second part? <laughs> no? Well, you did the good first part. That's good. <laughs> okay. Well, you would have discovered something if you were to do that. <laughs> so try, keep trying, keep trying it out. Okay. All right. Now, uh, there's a few lines in there in the seven points mind training where uh, the teaching on how to develop bodhicitta, uh, there are just a few more lines to complete that teaching. So basically, the essence of the, the essential teaching on how to develop bodhicitta, how to develop the the mind that actually embraces all being fearlessly with love and compassion. And then to take the personal responsibility, I will, as a result of this compassion, as a result of this love, will perfect myself spiritually for their sake, in order to fulfill the aspirations of compassion, the aspirations of love. Right? Then, I, the, so the essential practice is giving and taking, tonglen, where giving is the way you're practicing love and taking is where you're practicing compassion. And when you're doing this practice, you should do it in such a way, even though you may use tools as, such as your imagination, your visualizing things, but the essential thing is, to, is the emotion of love and the emotion of compassion that comes up when you're giving and when you're taking. Okay. And you're asked to begin this with yourself so that you develop a genuine sense of compassion, a genuine sense of love for yourself before you can begin doing this, the giving and taking with, with other beings. Okay. So after you have some genuine sense of love and compassion for yourself, not just trying to rush to get to the end so you can begin, and of course, not trying to skip uh, loving yourself and having compassion for yourself, but in a genuine way, feeling compassion and love for yourself, where you genuinely wish yourself to be happy, when you genuinely wish that the suffering that you have to be, to be for them to be removed, then you do this for 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 others. Now, in the instruction, you're not only supposed to do this for other sentient beings, those who live close to you, those who live far from you, those who are close to you already in terms of uh, compassion and love, and those who are you know, distant from you in terms of uh, being, uh, who annoy you, who may even become enemies, or you may have enemies, and also those who are, that you are indifferent from. But also, you're supposed to do this through other kinds of beings that you're not able to see. That uh, You're supposed to go imagine yourself going to the hell realms, for example, and then going, doing Tonglen with those who are unfortunately find themselves in, in those conditions. And when you see those who are in those conditions, don't think about what they may have done that brought them there. That's not the purpose of the meditation. The purpose of meditation that is to see them in their wretched condition and what they're experiencing. And yet, 
just like you, they don't want to experience the suffering that they ex well, they're experiencing the, that they're experiencing, and they want to re they want to be happy. And then unskillfully, they did something that they thought was going to bring them happiness, but actually brought them this kind of suffering. Okay. So just like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh said, don't make uh, sentient beings your enemy. Make the afflictions your enemies, okay. because they're the ones that are causing you and your fellow other sentient beings to suffer okay. and to become disappointed. So after you've done this and you become proficient at this practice, and you're, even when you're breathing naturally you're, and with the breath, you're, you're taking other suffering with your out breath, you're giving away your own happiness and making others happy with your own uh, seeds of, of, of happiness. Then you're supposed to, so that's when you're sitting down in meditation. Right, and you be, and now when you're outside, in order to keep the attitude of compassion and love that you have generated, that you have uh, uh, summoned during the meditation, now when you're outside, that's when you're tested. Right, <laughs> you don't know if you're gonna encounter someone who's gonna immediately reverse the love and compassion that you generated on your cushion. Right, so it says concerning the three types of objects. The three objects, the three poisons, and the three virtues. Okay. Uh, the instruction is to to be followed. In short, is to be mindful of the practice in general by taking these words to heart in all activities. Okay. So no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, and when you encounter the three objects, of course the three objects are. Um, Objects that are attractive, objects that are repulsive, and objects that you, uh, um, you feel you know, they're neutral. Okay, and of course, when you encounter these 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 uh, these objects, the natural tendency is to have attachment. That's one of the poisons, and to have hatred. That's one of the poisons, and to be to be ignorant. So, or to have uh, uh, the emotion of being indifferent, not not caring. Okay, so these are the three poisons, and we have to be careful. Now when we're out in the world, and and not to lose the training that we did, you know those uh, that hour or those times that we spent meditating, don't want to lose what, what we gain, and and these objects will test us. So now we we are supposed to remember the attitude that we gain in the meditation and apply them towards these three objects. So if for objects of attachment, instead of de developing uh, a sense of uh, now, for objects that are uh, attractive, instead of developing a sense of attachment, we develop instead love. Okay, and for objects that normally would make us uh, have aversion, and that aversion may become even hatred, and we want to have, uh, 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 we want to retaliate. Instead of having that, instead of that emotion, we remember the emotion of compassion. And for objects that we have feel indifference towards, we feel we don't care one way or another about. So instead of instead of this becoming uh, in ignorance or indifference, we think of wisdom. Okay. So so these are the three things that we're supposed to do. Now they are mentioned as non-attachment, non-hatred, and non uh, uh, non-indifference or non-ignorance. But it's, it's not none in a sense of uh, being passive, but an active non-ignorance, an active non-attachment, uh, uh, an active non-hatred. 
where we are actively uh, changing our, uh, our reactions to be the opposite of the what is considered to be the natural uh, reaction okay, towards an enemy instead of having the emotions of uh, hatred or, or anger arising, instead of allowing that to, uh, to arise, we use whatever we did in the meditation and then we instead have compassion arise. Okay? And this is going to be difficult, especially towards objects that are very strong, that are, you could say, seem by the, uh, by the very nature to draw these attitudes uh, from us. That's when we have to be very careful. And, and of course, we will, in the beginning, remember, this is practice, okay? So that means, we'll, practice means that uh, we will fail at times. So don't dwell on the times that we fail, but rather dwell on the moments that we actually try not to fail. And that will give us encouragement, because we need encouragement. We need that, the energy of encouragement, so that next time we, we encounter it, the mind will not be cowering towards the afflictions. Oh, there it goes again. Let me just give it in because I'm not going to lose. But rather, think of the moments that we actually uh, engage, even if it was just for a moment where we just wanted, oh, I wish I didn't have this attitude. That's great. And rejoice that we actually had that, that moment. Okay? And that would give us the strength that we need for the next time. Okay? Um, and of course, it says, by being mindful of the practice in general, okay? So every once in a while, just remember what you did on your cushion. And that's why when you're about to leave your cushion, you, have the, you, you make the intention, I want to carry on this attitude with me in my everyday uh, life. I want to be able to uh, hold on to it. I want to be able to uh, 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 respond in the, in the world with these attitudes, okay? So that your natural reactions become unnatural. <laughs> instead of having attachment towards something that is uh, attractive, you have love instead, okay? Instead of having uh, hatred towards someone who's being mean to you, you have compassion for that person, okay? And for those people that you would you know, bypass and not even take a moment notice, you, wisdom will arise in your mind. Okay. And it's and with training it can be done. Yes. That's perfect. Okay? And remember, this is training. Right. Right? <laughs> and unfortunately, when it comes to, like, if you're, I mean, probably you all, you know, have taken yoga classes or whatever, and then remember the first time you got there, you weren't able to do that posture, but for some reason you were wise enough to know, oh, we're training, I'll be able to do it. 
right? You didn't give up and say, oh, I just said, this is my body, cannot do it, and you just give up. So it's the same thing with the spiritual practice. Yes, we have the intention, just like you have intention, I want to be able to give myself into that pretzel pose, right? <laughs> and <laughs> But in the beginning, you can't. It, it's painful. But you keep practicing anyway. So in the same way, your intention is to, my, my instant, instantaneous reaction to be that of compassion when I meet this kind of object, this kind of person. But in the, in the beginning, it will be just a wish, right? And, it, and, in, and, and, that's, and that means you are practicing. Rather than look at, at the, what was really there, rather than the, the wish of what you want to be there, rather than just look at that, oh, that's what was there, I'm destroyed, I'm an awful person, I don't have any compassion, rather than dwell on that, which becomes a new meditation, which is strengthening the reaction of the reaction that you don't want. But rather think of the moment, oh, I, I, at, I at one, for one moment I actually had thoughts of wanting to have compassion for that person. That's good. And in the beginning it will be completely artificial, the compassion or the love or the non-attachment. It will be completely artificial. Just know that's part of the practice. Just like when you're doing uh, that pose, you're not really doing it, but, you know, like you're supposed to do it like this, and you're just like this. <laughs> okay, this hand is supposed to be touching, grabbing the toe, right? But you're just like this, in the air. Right? It's not really doing it, but you don't give up. Right? You just keep practicing, and eventually you grab the toe. Eventually, the reaction will be compassion, and then you will catch yourself. Wait a minute, what am, I, am I not supposed to have hatred for that person? How come I'm having compassion for that person? It will happen. You will catch yourself doing that. So you did the second part. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, uh, also, sometimes the thought of of, of being of uh, the thought, oh, I should have had a thought of compassion, came maybe a day later. <laughs> but at the moment, it was all just you know hatred and you know, lashing at the person, and then. After the person is gone and you feel good that you lashed out, you say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I was supposed to have compassion. That's still practice, okay? Just remember that, okay? Don't give up. Eventually, it will become closer and closer. It will be at the moment, and then it will be some. You will even catch yourself where you see the emotion about to arise in your mind, and you're able to find the strength within you to actually stop it. And you may not be able to... to to uh, exchange it with actual feeling of compassion. It might be neutral, and that's even a great achievement if you're able to have at least a neutral feeling for that person, okay? And then eventually you will find yourself having actual compassion for that person. It's just training, you know? <laughs> eventually you grab the toe. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we, since we are doing this more in essence rather than deep into detail, I'm sure as many details we can go into. Like uh, right now, uh, when my teacher was teaching this, uh, especially with the uh, Tonglen, he went into a description about the different kinds of hells and what kind of uh, suffering that exists there. So since we are Westerners, 
And if we grew up with a, some sort of teaching where hells were, were, were taught, we, 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 I think we, some of us distance ourselves from those teachings, thinking that, well, that's nonsense, or uh, it's, 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 it's not um, beneficial to have those kind of teachings. And here we are again, this is supposed to be sophisticated teaching, and they're still talking about hells. <laughs> so are we supposed to think about them in a way that uh, we accept them without accepting them the same way we were being forced to accept before. Just think of immense suffering in whatever form it, uh, it appears. Okay, and you, and especially when you are in intense suffering at that moment, we say, "Oh, this is hell." Okay, you just expand. You can think of someone who is experiencing that kind of pain even much longer than you. Okay, that that would be a hell. Okay, and have compassion for that person. So, all right, um, all right. We're not going to go much into the ultimate bodhicitta. The ultimate bodhicitta is supposed to be training in emptiness. Okay. And I'll just read it and say very few words, very few words. Uh, so the first training, where the first words about, okay, now this is how to train the ultimate bodhicitta, it says that is in emptiness. How to how to train yourself so you can have so to understand reality as it really is, rather than the way we would the way we fantasize it to be. We say so when stability has been achieved, then you can begin with the secret teaching. So basically, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there, but I'll just say it briefly. It's what I've been saying in all those Friday classes. Okay. So stability here means having stabilized the mind. Remember that word? I said that a few times. Stabilize. So have some stability in focus, in being able to have some some training in concentration, be able to bring your mind to a certain state of calmness and be able to keep it there. So after you've have strength your mind to gain some stability, then you can begin in training in wisdom, in how to get to wisdom. Then it will become real training in wisdom. Otherwise, it's just intellectual practice, which is nothing wrong with it. But don't expect it to have a profound impact, profound uh, transformation within you. Okay. Uh, and of course, if you take conventional bodhicitta as your training, first training, then there is a way of actually training in ultimate in conventional bodhicitta and actually achieve shine, shamatha, samadhi, calmness of mind with the with with great compassion with where. When you're doing this Tonglen every once in a while, and then the emotion of compassion comes, and then you're able to keep the emotion of compassion for a long, for a long period of time, and that's just that's, that's the only thing that's there. So that's achieving stability with that, or compassion, or love, or the intention. I will the determination. I will uh, perfect myself spiritually in order to be of service to other sentient beings. Okay, that's and that stays in the mind for a while. Okay, that's that's having achieved stability. Okay, now you you have stability, and you, you, uh, when you read the next few four lines, you will see why you need stability. <laughs> okay, now that you have stability, now you can make sense of these words. <laughs> okay, consider all phenomena as like dreams. Okay. Uh, and. It doesn't mean that every phenomenon that you encounter is a dream, okay? If a truck is coming at you, don't say, oh, it's a dream, and then stand in front of the truck, okay? 
you will have a dream, you will have a nightmare <laughs> of being hit by a truck, okay? Uh, Dream-like means, I mean, if you really, really consider the conditions of a dream, right? Uh, It's just the right conditions came about, and then this appearance is there. If the conditions are, are there, then the, condition, the appearance will, will manifest. So it means that whatever, man, whatever appears is appearing because the conditions are, proper conditions are there. It's not the thing itself making itself appear. It is appearing because things are helping it appear. Just like the image in a dream appear because the proper conditions are there for it for, for the images to appear. So th so that's the beginning way of understanding it. Okay. Of course, it goes much deeper into that, but we're not going to go into that deep. Okay. Examining the nature of unborn unborn awareness. Isn't this cute? This phrase is so cute. <laughs> Examine the nature of unborn awareness. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> Examine the nature of unborn awareness. Okay. Awareness is unborn, and examine the nature of something that is unborn. If it is unborn, what nature can it have? What does it mean by having a nature? Okay. A way of being that is specific to that without depending on anything else. Okay? Specific to it means it, it's, it's, nothing else is helping it get, it get it. Okay? It's inherent to it. That's what I mean by, by nature. Okay? And unborn, what, can you imagine something unborn? Okay? Think of an unborn baby. What does an unborn baby look like? Yeah. <laughs> Is it like the sky flower? It just doesn't exist? Exactly. Right? It just doesn't exist. So what is it that doesn't really exist? The nature. What, what is that nature? A quality that is completely unique, unique to that, whatever you're, you're, you're experiencing, whatever is appearing to you. By unique to it, that means if you search the entire universe, you're not going to find anything like it. Okay. Let's say, for example, uh, you thought a red was that unique quality, right? If you search the universe, will you find red somewhere else? You can take the example right here in this room. There's cushion. If red was unique to it, that tanka wouldn't have red. Okay? So red is not something that is unique to cushion. Right? That's not a, so you have to look for something else that related to cushion. Okay? That will be unique to cushion. That will be its that will be its inherent nature. Okay? And having such a nature is like is can't find it. It's unborn. It's unborn. It, that cushion hasn't given birth to a quality that is unique to itself. So a unique quality to that cushion is unborn. Okay, we're not talking about cushion, but he says awareness. 
in there, okay? Sometimes awareness feels unique. Sometimes awareness feels like, you know, this is my awareness, all right? No one else has this, no one else has this awareness. Not what you're perceiving, but the, you think of the, the, almost like the space where awareness is, uh, is where those appearances, uh, perceptions are taking place. That's the feel of awareness, okay? And when we have awareness, there's always something not so unfamiliar that is present there. Your awareness, you're aware of color, shapes, sounds, taste, am I, am I, am I right? <laughs> smell, right? So these are the things, and nothing, and if you didn't have any of these present, you wouldn't be able to say, I am aware, right? So they're just like cushion, when you look at it, oh, I'm, I'm seeing red, I'm seeing you know, a, 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 a kind of a um, tactile sensation, and, and what do you say? I, I don't know the name of the material, but I was thinking about it. Mm. The fabric. The fabric. Yeah. So you see these kinds of things, a, taste, a, a, a sensation of some sort, right? And that's all you're perceiving. And then somewhere with our mind, we're thinking, cushion is unique. There's nothing in the universe that is it. All those qualities are unique to cushion. That's why it's cushion, right? We're not saying tanka over there, right? <laughs> we're saying cushion over there. So it must be, those must be unique qualities for cushion. But when you take those qualities, oh, color red is not even unique to cushion. That's what I'm seeing it's over there to tanka, right? Curtain, <laughs> nail polish, <laughs> okay? So it's not unique. And you try to see if you can find something unique to it and nothing. These things exist in other places. As a matter of fact, cushion exists because of everything that is not cushion, right? <laughs> if it wasn't for all those things that are not cushion, corroborating, coming together, red giving up being just red, uh, softness you're giving them softness, just so that you can have cushion. If softness was stubbornness, I'm not gonna stop being softness, just be me, then you wouldn't have cushion, right? If red didn't stop being, I'm just a color, I'm not, I'm not cushion, you wouldn't be able to have cushion, okay? So if it wasn't for all these things giving up their being, there would not be, if it wasn't for, this is gonna be mysterious, if it wasn't for all everything, <laughs> in the universe readily making themselves available to give up their uniqueness. There would not be anything that would appear to have uniqueness. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this, this is the second phrase basically saying, uh, so a dream appears in the mind. So you establish that these things are appearing to the mind now look at the true nature of the mind. Okay, it is the same as those things that you are that are appearing to the mind. Okay. Okay, the remedy itself is released in its own place. You thought that one, the phrase before, was cute. Mm -hmm. Look at this one. The remedy itself is released in its own place. Now it's asking you to. So, ph phenomena, study them, 
they are empty of inert existence. You find emptiness. The mind that is perceiving those phenomena, study it, you find that it is empty. Look at emptiness itself. Emptiness is empty of inert existence. Okay. And just those three phrases. So you might see emptiness yet? No, no. <laughs> What was that? No, not so far. <laughs> Place the essence of the path. The one person did say that. I met that person a long time ago. That person is now is, is in an asylum. Yeah. Uh, there's a way of wrongly understanding emptiness where you think everything is, just doesn't exist. And then that would make you go crazy, right? Place. Literally. 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 <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. If you, if you, if your mind lit literally believes that the things that you are seeing don't exist, and yet you're seeing them, you will go crazy. Yeah. And you have no way of 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 explaining then how is it that they are appearing if they don't exist, right? How many people see the the unborn baby? Nobody can point to the unborn baby, right? But there is this thing that doesn't exist, and yet I can point to it. <laughs> so the mind can go, not so good. Place the essence of the path on the nature of the basis of all. OK? So basically, all these stages of getting to emptiness, remember emptiness in all in every situation. Okay? Now just remember that remember that part. Now that's all uh, uh, and, and, and lastly uh, in between sessions this is the way they translated it. Be a creator be a creator of of illusion, be a conjurer of illusions. So that person who, not so, uh, not so bad, but the mind was not strong enough. Okay. Uh, things that are appearing, the ultimate conclusion that I'm making about them being unique, being inherently what they are, is not true. And yet they're appearing that way. And you go in life, go through your day-to-day -day life, saying that I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a magician. I'm conjuring these illusions. I'm conjuring, how is it they are illusions? They are appearing to have be unique, distinct entities that exist, and yet I know they are not such. They are illusions in that way. Not illusion in the sense of the truck is coming at me, it's just an illusion, it just don't go through me. Okay. This illusionary truck, is going to hit this illusory person, and you're going to have an illusory ha accident, where you're going to pay on il illusory money to the illusory doctor if you illusory survived. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all these are illusions, but that's all they were from the beginning. It doesn't mean that now they are illusions because I discovered that they are illusions. Okay, whatever was happening before was an illusion, and they scared me before. And that was illusory fear, and that was illusory object, and they're still gonna scare me because that's that's what they are. Okay, just discovering that the thing 
it's like you're looking at uh, a piece of uh, I, I use that piece of rope thing. I was gonna say ice sculpture. You look at an ice sculpture, it looks like a, a castle. Where do they do that? Norway, in those countries, mm -hmm. right? So you have a, a, a ice that is sculpted to look like a castle. And when you first look at it, you say, oh, castle, right? It looks like a castle. And then it's made out of ice. It's not a castle, it's just ice. But when you realize that it was made out of ice, they just stop being looking like a castle. Now you just know what that castle-looking thing is made out of. Okay, it's still ice. It's still cold, and you still uh, you will still put it uh, in your drink. <laughs> okay. All right. So so when you're out of the meditation, keep reminding yourself about everything is not exactly what they appear to be. Okay. That's being the conjurer. All right, now we finish with the ultimate form of ultimate, the teaching on, on ultimate bodhicitta, okay? How to see the true nature of reality, how to think in such a way that your mind is, uh, get closer and closer to wisdom, to see the true nature of reality. Okay. Now the rest of it, of, of the instructions, so that was the second of points, by the way, the second point. The third, fourth, and fifth points are really, okay, now that you've done this, this is how you keep it, okay? This is how you not lose it. Okay, transform adverse circumstances into the path to enlightenment. So whatever circumstances you encounter, especially awful circumstances, no matter what it is, transform it, look, train your mind to look at it in such a way that instead of it becoming something to create a dysfunction within you. Treat your mind, relate with it in such a way that it actually helps you further on the path, no matter what the circumstances, whether it is a nice circumstance, whether it is an awful circumstance, okay? Uh, if you're in intense suffering, Remember, this is Lo Jong, where the, there are two aspects of it, the, the emotional aspect of compassion and, 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 uh, and love, and then the wisdom aspect, understanding the true nature of it, right? Understanding that it's not static, it's not, it's not gonna live, stay forever, it's constantly, constantly changing, there are these things coming together for it to be what it is. Uh, if, I, if those conditions were removed, it will not uh, continue, okay? And, uh, if you're suffering, think of, uh, uh, let that remind you of, okay, these are just conditions coming together. Or, and also think of, oh, there are others experiencing the same, even they might be experiencing it in the worst way, and then have compassion for them. So whatever is happening, let it conjure compassion. Let it conjure wisdom. Okay? If, you're, if you're having a wonderful time, uh, rejoice and then wish and be able to and practice love, or I wish others could also have this wonderful time, okay? And then and may, may the experience out and make a, a gift of it to others who may not be experiencing the same thing, okay? And if you find yourself uh, having jealousy towards someone, uh, the way to combat the, the natural jealousy is to uh, 
give them your happiness. It's going to be difficult, I know. <laughs> to have jealousy come up in your mind and then to try to give away to that person the thing that you're jealous about, that's going to be difficult at first. Remember, it's practice. You know, you can't reach the toe yet. <laughs> Eventually, you'll reach the toe. In the beginning, it will be artificial. Okay, you'll be just a wish. Maybe a bad wish. <laughs> very, very awkward saying wish. So, uh, uh, like, uh, if the person got to put uh, a promotion, right? If a person got to put, I'm not going to say something. So that's the, if they, uh, you find yourself naturally jealous of a person who got a promotion. Even if the person didn't deserve it, you're the one who deserved it, and the person got the promotion, right? So, so uh, the same way I would have been happy if I had this promotion, I wish this person can also be had as happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then go and drink, drink something very cold so that your mind can be can be off that topic, okay? <laughs> so in that way, and then. And then try to have genuine happiness for that person. And uh, oh, I'm happy for this person. Okay. Oh, I wish I could be happy for this person. <laughs> At least in that way. Okay. The thing is to transform the mind when those circumstances come. Don't let it. Don't let that be another uh, uh, event where your jealousy is strengthened, where your uh, aversion is strengthened. You want to get rid of these things. They're not. They're not helpful. They're not beneficial. And don't blame yourself if, oh, I forgot. I should have uh, wished that person well. <laughs> okay. I'll do it next time. Well, let me do it now. Okay. And do it then. Okay. As a matter of fact, it's just like, you know, soldiers training. Okay. You don't train a soldier by sending him in front of the enemy. Okay. Now train. Make yourself good. <laughs> right. You stay away from the enemy. You strengthen yourself. And then you, 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 you meet the enemy. Okay. Just like... The afflictions. This person brings up this affliction. Don't train to love this person only when the person is around. Okay, when the person is not around, imagine the person, imagine the situation, and then see yourself reacting the way you would you would like to react in a skillful way. Okay, and then do that constantly when the person is not around. And when the person is around, maybe the 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 what you say the the conditioning that you you built. In the in the in the training in, the, in your imagination, some of that transition will come up. Of course, the habit, the force of the habit of the of the of the compulsion may be there. You may be fighting it, but at least you'll be fighting it. You're not completely overwhelmed by it. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, these are the phrases that I said. When the environment and its inhabitants overflow with unwholesomeness transform adverse circumstances into the path to enlightenment. Apply meditation immediately at every opportunity. The supreme method is accomplished by the four practices. Okay. All right. The four practices, uh, basically, uh, when you encounter obstacles, as soon as you, you're, uh, 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 no matter what it is in, you want in life, if you, if, you, if you have formed the thought, I want, and then immediately there isn't the, uh, the manifestation of what you want, then you have obstacles. Say to yourself, obstacles, okay? 
obstacles. And as soon as the word obstacle comes to your mind, say, how do you get rid of obstacles? The four powers. Okay? Regret, uh, refuge, remedy, and what's the last one? No. Remedy. Come on, come on, help me here. <laughs> uh, intention not to do it again. Intention not to do it again. Uh, intelligent, intelligent regret. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, not to do it again. Right. That's the last one. Thank you. Yeah. So regret, refuge, Restraint. remedy, and then not to do it again right. in the future. What's the? Restraint. 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 Yeah, I was thinking of a, an R word. <laughs> Restraint. Okay. Rejoice. Yeah. Always rejoice. That's the <laughs> that's the unspoken fifth. <laughs> okay. So whenever you encounter obstacles, say, oh, this obstacle is there by my power. I put that there. Now I'm going to remove it. Okay. So whenever there's any aspiration, okay, uh, and it seems to be taking time for the aspiration to be fulfilled, then exercise the four powers. Right? It doesn't have to be, you know, I want to be enlightened. Oh, I'm not enlightened. Okay, obstacles. <laughs> okay, it could be, I want to uh, get here on time, <laughs> and then I'm not here on time. Oh. Obstacles, okay, and then you you, you 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 go through the four powers, okay. I regret whatever I did that that brought this obstacle. Uh, I take refuge in the compassion and wisdom and those who have mastered it to help me. Uh, I'm applying the remedy, and the remedy could be just you know any virtue, okay. Or if you already have some sort of remedy that you that you are good at practicing, it has to be something that you feel. That you feel uh, for you has power. Okay, it doesn't have to be you know someone say okay this glass of juice has incredible power. If you drink it, it will uh, uh, while reciting mama mama mama, <laughs> it will remove <laughs> your obstacle. If you have no belief in that, it's not going to work for you. Agree. Right? Okay. But if you believe in it, it may work for you. Okay. So it, you must have some belief. You must have some investment in the in power. Okay. And then the last one, of course, make a restraint. And with the restraint, be realistic. Okay? Especially if something is habitual. Okay? <laughs> See, I'll restrain myself for the next time. <laughs> okay? And then the next time, the next time, until, of course, maybe you wish that the whole life you're restraining. But don't say from the very beginning, I'm never going to do this ever again. Okay? Okay? And you will find yourself at the moment, and then. You didn't restrain yourself on the, the, the third time or the fourth time, and then instead you just have dysfunctional regret in your mind. Okay, you don't want that. that that's gonna uh, 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 re remove power from you. It's gonna remove your power to make the four powers work the next time. You have to use, apply a lot more effort for them to work next time. Okay. All right. Uh, so that's the third point. The fourth point, integrate practice in a single lifetime. This is very cute. Everything is cute, right? <laughs> Seven points is cute. <laughs> uh, in brief, the essence of the instruction is to train in the five powers. The five powers themselves are the great vehicles. Precepts on the transference of consciousness Cultivate these paths of practice. Oh boy. 
while you're living, you rely on these five powers. And that, so that at the moment of, of death, you don't get freaked out, you can remember and we apply, still apply these five powers. And the first one is intention. So whenever you're about to do something, look at your intention. Make your intention clear. As a matter of fact, train your intentions. Okay? Uh, I intend to pick up this glass, and then you do it. Okay? Train your intentions, and that will actually help you with your meditation to, have, to be able to focus better, to consciously, deliberately train your intentions. I'm going to sit down and meditate on this. I'm going to train and meditate to develop bodhicitta. I'm going to train to develop patience. I'm going to work, and I'm not going to be angry the first, for the first few moments when I see so-and-so. Okay? <laughs> and then with that intention, you see yourself do it. And that will give you a very, that will, it, it, it's called a power. Okay? And you will actually see it develop in your mind. Uh, the power of uh, I mean, intention, familiar, be familiar, become familiar with what you develop in your meditation. Okay, every once in a while, try to refeel the feeling. Try to refeel the emotion. Okay, every once in a while, trying to bring it up, become familiar. Let it become familiar to you, so that it, it, uh, you want it, you want to train yourself so that it becomes your natural reaction. So you have to become familiar. Every once in a while, review. It's really reviewing. It's called the power of familiarity. Uh, what's the next one? Power of uh, attention, the power of familiarity. The uh, power of uh, what's called the white seed. Basically, the power of collecting merit. So whenever you can, collect merit. And how do you collect merit? doesn't matter what you're going to do. If you have a good thought, if you think about the compassion of others, if you're going to drink this cup of uh, whatever, um, what is this? Strawberry <laughs> medan, mm, nice. <laughs> if you're going to drink this, think of someone else who's, who cannot drink this and have compassion for that person and drink it on behalf of that person. Okay? And just this little action of drinking and you're collecting merit. So throughout your life, so that's power of white seed. The power of, and, and again, the, the power of, uh, 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 the four powers come back again. The power called the power of destruction. Okay? Uh, so collect merit and purify yourself. Okay? Whenever you can, purify yourself. The reason if you are not in nirvana at this very moment, you have things to purify. No matter how wonderful your life may be. Okay? If, you, if it's not the, the wonderful life of nirvana, if you still get sick once in a while, if you still lose this and that once in a while, if you experience loss, if you experience a, what, uh, any kind of dis, dissatis, dis, dissatisfaction, you're not in nirvana. And that means you have things to purify. You may not know exactly what to purify, just do a general purification. No, uh, those three poisons. Something you did something connected with those three poisons, so you can clean, clean those three poisons in general. Okay, that's the power of destruction. And there's one more, and I'm forgetting. 
change reality, destruction. Mm. What, rejoicing? Rejoicing? Maybe we'll come up as we continue. So, ah, I like, I like the next one. How do you know when you have succeeded in actually having transformed your mind into bodhicitta? How do you know? When you integrate all teachings into one, with one thought, no matter what you're teaching, no matter what you're learning, no matter what you're doing, the thought of bodhicitta is there. Okay, the thought of, uh, of reaching enlightenment for the sake of all sentient beings is there. The thought of compassion is there. The thought of, of wisdom is there. Those three, uh, basically those two, bodhicitta and wisdom. But those three, I meant compassion, love, and then wisdom. Okay. Primary importance should be given to the two witnesses. Ah, the two witnesses. It sounds very cryptic. It is cryptic. The two witnesses are you in terms of what people can see. That's your outer, out, your outer behavior in, in the world. And then you, you're in what you see. Only you can see. Your inner, your inner environment. So these are the two witnesses that are watching you. When people uh, encounter you, do they enjoy being in your presence? Are you, uh, uh, do they witness a change taking place within you? You're no longer hot-headed when the, when the coffee machine is, you know, <laughs> is cold, when the coffee is cold, when, when the copy machine is broken. You're no longer, you're no longer upset. You're able to, you're, you, know, you're, you maintain your cool and your evenness. Okay? And then inside you, <laughs> even though you appear not to be upset, there's really not really upset in your mind. <laughs> you're not cursing the coffee machine in your, inside your mind while you're smiling. <laughs> okay. All right? So there's actually a sense of calmness within you. All right? So that's, these are the two witnesses. Uh, oh yeah, I like this one. Constantly cultivate only a peaceful mind. They say a peaceful mind here, but it's actually a joyful mind. Okay, that's very important. Hmm? Oh, that's very important for the path. Just on the other one, is it dedication? Dedication. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Dedication. <laughs> you always dedicate your Kind of dovetailed with his intention. Is that he was he was saying that intention was critical. Yes, they're somewhat they're connected to each other. So it's like uh, you're about to do a meditation. You have the intention. This is the this is what I'm going to do a meditation to do this. Of course, at the end of the meditation, you'll come out enlightened. You don't come out a bodhisattva. But but you you did gather merit, and then you dedicate that merit. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so a joyful mind. A joyful mind is very important. Okay. Of course. Uh, if it doesn't come natural to you, <laughs> then how do you do this? Then you have to, uh, by joyful mind here is the kind of joy that you experience, you know, when you're meditating and then there's this kind of evenness of mind, 
and then this evenness, you see it slowly becoming joyful if you stay in it longer, if it's, if it's strengthened. So you constantly try to reconnect with that. Okay? Try to reconnect with that. And if, you, if just trying to reconnect with it doesn't connect you to it, then you're going to have to do some certain exercises. And you have to think of things, you have to deliberately think of things that would bring you, that would make you have joy in your mind. Okay? And uh, that's why in the very preliminaries, I said the preliminaries is really a basis for you to develop a constant state of joy. If you think of your life, how precious it is, how wonderful it is, how fortunate you are, if you think of that, that brings a sense of joy to you. So go back to remembering that. Okay? Things like that. And if there is if there are, if there is uh, events that you can think of that, you, that you, where there is joy, clean joy. <laughs> Don't think of the last time you got real drunk and you know you were sort of sort of happy. <laughs> but think of, I mean, uh, you don't want to think of a, 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 a kind of joy where a part of your mind is doubting, doubting it. Okay, you don't want any kind of. They want a full sense of joy in your mind. And just think of that and allow the emotion of joy to come up. Okay. You know, in, the, in the presentation of the, the mental factors, mm-hmm. right, there's two factors that are usually mentioned there. Mm-hmm. To the sunjul, which are, which are both aspiration, which you mentioned, and mm-hmm. then, but then conviction about it. So it's like thinking about you're fortunate to be able to do these things, etc., mm-hmm. and then developing certainties to the point where you wouldn't change your mind if mm-hmm. someone presented other arguments. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that leads to the joy because you have this certainty that yes, these yeah. are possible, but yeah. these are good things to do, and mm-hmm. I can do them. Yeah, and and, and be open because yeah. when you reach a certain level of certainty about something, and you're open to others to try to say that it's not. Uh, absolutely. You're open to it. Okay. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't give you a break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. I took the break when I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gave us a break. <laughs> that, was, that would have been your break. Okay? <laughs> I mean, you can lounge around you know, and stretch your legs. No, don't, don't let your legs be... Uh, knees yell at me. <laughs> okay. Don't make your knees yell at me. Yeah, put your feet out. Make yourself comfortable. Right. <laughs> uh, just, we just have two more points to go through. Like two more points, you want to know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah. The next one, the measure of a trained mind is that it has turned away. Okay? Because you are developing a certain attitude, and there were certain habits that you were trying to stay away from. And this is where, I mean, where your, your natural reaction becomes the opposite. That means you're now, your mind has turned away from those reactions. You have listened, now you have a different guru in your mind. Okay? No longer are you listening to that part of your mind that says, come on, slap him. <laughs> you feel good. <laughs> okay? uh, someone yells at you and, then you, and that mind tells you, the only way for you to feel good now is to say something real mean. Okay? I promise you. You, you're going to reach nirvana. <laughs> okay. And of course, we listen to that, to that mind that tells us that we continue listening. We have the habit of listening and paying attention and applying what it tells us. And then it gives us an illusory uh, 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 
illusory what? Illusory uh, sense of satisfaction that goes away, and we're back in the same situation again. And you say, oh, you didn't do it. You didn't say it loud enough. You didn't say it mean enough. <laughs> and then we get caught up, right? Looking, keep looking for that sense of satisfaction that we never really get. Uh, so eventually, we turn our mind away from that from, from that voice that tells us those, gives us those bad, uh, bad advice, okay? And now, instead, when someone is yelling at you, instead of the voice saying, yell back, immediately you have come back. What, why is that person in such a suffering situation that they're yelling? What's making them, what's, what could, what, what suffering that they could be going on, could they be under, uh, under that's making them yell like that? Okay, instead, you have immediately a sense of compassion for them. And then I'll tell you, that person will sense it. Mm -hmm. I have a friend of mine uh, who said, Peep, uh, and now, for a long time I had no idea what she, was, what she, what she meant. She said, people are, are dogs. People are like dogs. And, uh, and I said, people are like dogs. But she said it in supposed to be a positive way. How does I had no idea what she meant. <laughs> and then until later, I think that she said, people, like, there, there's an instinct within you that can sense certain things. Even someone, has this ever happened to you? You may have the intention to yell at someone, I'm going to get this person. And then when, when you're in the actual presence of that person, it's gone. You, you didn't, you didn't, it's not that you, you, you know, the person was much bigger than <laughs> you expected. And you became <laughs> afraid. I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that. You, you you had the plan in your mind to really let this person have it. and But when you're in the person's presence, but somehow you find yourself not able to do this, something else, a different reaction takes place. Okay, So there's something else going on within that person that makes you, that is not attracting that, oh, I'm going to speak very new age now, that, that doesn't attract that negativity. <laughs> okay, There's something within that person that doesn't do that anymore. Okay, That's not a magnet for that. That's not a feel for that. So when you no longer react negatively towards certain situations, and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I had a, uh, I prayed for that person to come into my life, and the person came into my life. <laughs> because I kept praying, I kept saying, I don't have an enemy, I don't have an enemy, I can't practice this. <laughs> and the enemy came, and he showed up. <laughs> This person did everything that, it's like the person deliberately wanted to break me. Ah, got him, uh, really wanted to get under, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's that term? Under my skin? skin? Under my skin. Uh, it was almost as if uh, the very fact that I had a smile in my face annoyed this person. <laughs> and the person would make sure, would act, it wasn't, it wasn't just go off somewhere and then brood, you know, it, uh, came to me, confronted me, and then, you know, to say something or do something to make me uh, be angry. And, 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 and of course, in the beginning, <laughs> I failed miserably. <laughs> and then I said, ah, I pray for this person. Okay, let me practice this person. This is a, an opportunity for me to practice those things. Okay? And, uh, of course, I did the army thing. You know, you train in the barracks, you know. I imagine the person, I imagine the situation. Instead of getting angry, I see myself reacting, not reacting out of anger. And after, after a while of, 
of not reacting out of anger the way this person is trying to react towards me. Believe it or not, before I left that job, that person became my, my best friend. And uh, it came to the point where when I would see the person, <laughs> all these emotions, you know, we try to, you know, coming from, I can feel them coming from the bottom of my feet, you know, trying to get to my head so I can, you know, think that word, say that word, reaction, or planning how I'm going to, you know, uh, respond, you know, the smart response. I, you know, uh, when I'm in that person, person's presence, I was no longer reacting that way. And when that person was in my presence, that person no longer was wanting to do those things. And this person was teaching me, training me how to, you know, uh, things that he, he, he considered to be precious to him, the knowledge that he considered to be precious to him about the job, and he was training me. Okay? So it can change. Okay? So. Is, it, is that the same as cessation, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, would be, that would be a cessation. Is that the translation that they have? In Tibet, in Tibetan, is it cessation? No. It's Dokpa. The measure of a Chiang Mai is that you have turned away. Okay. Now your attitude is actually different. Yeah. You've turned away from listening to your, you're no longer making your afflictions your guru. Okay. Now your virtue are your guru. They are the other ones that you're listening to. Okay, there are a bunch of numbers in there. Another set of numbers. <laughs> there are five great marks of a trained mind. Okay, what are the marks? Five. Bodhis your bodhisattva. You are an aesthetic. Ascetic. Ascetic. <laughs> You're an ascetic. Uh, bodhisattva, an ascetic. You are. Uh, uh, ethical, you are a yogi, and I'm always forgetting the fifth one. Obstacle, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, these are the signs that you are actually, you. when you, uh, Master Shantideva said it beautifully in, uh, in the text, when you see another sentient being, it's like you're in love. You see someone that you care about, someone you're concerned about, as if you've known this person you know, all your life, even though this person may be that stranger you've never, you have, you know you have no uh, connection with in this life. Okay? You're as concerned for that person as your, your dearest friend. Okay? And you see that you are actually in the presence of a precious being. By how I relate to this being, I will be transformed. Okay. So every sentient being, every encounter, becomes a precious encounter. Okay. So that then you know you are a bodhisattva. And of course, uh, you see how being ethical is really being skillful. It's not just following a bunch of do's and don'ts that you really don't that really don't make sense, but you have to do it because you're told. You see that. And being ethical is equal to being skillful. How do you actually actualize your actual, your ultimate aim? The path that leads to actually doing it, that's the skillful path. 
Okay, you do those things that actually leads to that. That's being skillful. That's being ethical. And you're able to withstand. You're able to bear, even though you love the person, you love this being. If you see him as precious, that person may react towards you uh, in negatively. Okay, you may, you may find once in a while that that, that one precious gem. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and you're able to bear their insults. I mean. Uh, Rinpoche, my teacher, uh, sitting in his room, every once in a while, the, the, the members of the community would go up there to curse him out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they would go up there to curse him out because, no, this didn't happen, that didn't happen, oh. or, or uh, those, one of those, uh, you want, your students <laughs> came into my yard and did this and that. Uh, uh, you did this without our permission. They would, they would, they would let them have it. And of course, Wimboche would not never react uh, negatively towards them. Okay. So that's uh, being a, a, a setting. <laughs> For some reason, there's so many different words that sound the same that wants to come out. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then your yogi. Yogi, in this case, really means that you you're able to yog your compassion with your wisdom. Okay? You're, that's what a yogi is. You're able to, to unite them. Okay? You have some, you have a deep understanding of the true nature of reality and it's always there with great compassion. Okay? And the fifth one, I always forget. Maybe, maybe I should call it the fifth one. Maybe I have an obstacle with number five. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I say the fifth one, it go, I go blank. Maybe you, you remember because you seem to have no obstacles with five. <laughs> okay, we're almost done. As a matter of fact, we are done. And the last one, the trained mind retains control even when distracted. Okay. You can see how all these things will sort of relate with one another. So no matter what the situation is, you're not distracted from having compassion. So you go through life with just the attitude of when you're relating with someone, it's only one, two ways of relating with that person. Uh, either you have love for that person or compassion for that person. Okay. And when you meet a phenomena, you meet that phenomena with a sense of wisdom or with a sense of at least a curiosity about its true nature, not buying what's appearing to you at first, uh, at first uh, on the surface. Okay, you're no longer a surface person. You're a deep person. <laughs> okay, you're concerned about deep things, and you relate with others only concerned for what they're going through. Okay, you're no longer concerned about whether or not someone is being nice to me. You're no longer concerned about whether someone is uh, repaying my kindness. You're no longer concerned about those kinds of things, but rather how you're relating with others. Am I relating out of compassion? Am I relating out of love? If, if it's anything other than that, then I'm doing something wrong. Okay? So if you're always not distracted from those two, then you know that you have made headways in, uh, in, 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 in the practicing the seven points in uh, lojong, mind training. All right, that's it. The last points are really don't do these and do these. Okay? Basically put it this way. Don't do anything that will damage compassion 
and love for others. Don't entertain any thoughts that will damage uh, uh, your training of compassion and of love for others. Don't, enter, don't hold on to any uh, conviction about the nature of things, okay? just on, on their mere appearance. Okay? Always question every appearance, at least at, this, at that level of wisdom. Okay? That way, you will not find yourself having uh, no, any dysfunctional way of relating with your world, with yourself, with others. Okay. That's the, uh, so I guess, did I just give you the do's? I guess I did. <laughs> and I told you the don'ts, right? That, that's in essence the do's. I mean, there's like 20, 20 of them, right? No, no, no. That's the essence of the do's and the don'ts, okay? Don't do anything that damages your practice of, of, of compassion and wisdom. Do everything that enhances it. Okay? So whenever an opportunity comes, look at it as an opportunity for you to practice one of these three. Only one of these three. Whether what you encounter in the world, no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing, uh, whether, whether you're in the world of art, whether you're in the world of, of, of commerce, whether you're in politics, whether what are the industry, what are the kind of things, that, whether you're in education, whether you're, <laughs> whether you're in engineering. engineering, no matter what, there's the only these three things, way of, the only three ways of relating with it, with wisdom, with compassion, and with love. Look at that. That really summarizes it. <laughs> I have a number five, which is, I know it's wrong, but, but still my number five. <laughs> from my own experience, for those for that kind of person, right, mm -hmm. is that they, every time you encounter a person like that, they always have a degree of joy. Mm. Don't you think? It's not ringing a bell. No? It's, no, it's not right. I'm just thinking that mm -hmm. there's just something that's joyful yeah. in their approach. It's, it's definitely not number five. About joy, since you bring that up. My number five. Sometimes we think, I think it's because of our uh, earlier training. I'm not going to say in what, but because of earlier training that we have, we think that it is somewhat righteous to be unhappy, right? I mean, we, we may not phrase it that way exactly, though, so those, like that, like we go around saying, oh, it's righteous to be unhappy. But there is some sort of conviction, some sort of training that we have that brings about this attitude where when we are rejoicing, we feel guilty. When we are having a good time, we feel guilty. We think there's something wrong. It's because of this wrong training that we have. Okay? And then, and the reason that we hold on sometimes to unhappy situations is because somehow there's a part of us that think that this is right. This is right. So whenever you find yourself, and of course sometimes we feel guilty thinking, uh, being, uh, holding, uh, when we are joyful, because there are so many other people suffering in the world. You know, sometimes it probably could be the thing that uh, someone trying to instill some value within you to appreciate uh, what you have. 
but they may have said the wrong thing where you end up not just appreciating the wrong thing, but you end up with something else, some sort of dysfunction, where you feel guilty when you have good things. Okay. So when you have something, when you have wonderful things happening with you, rejoice. Okay. Rejoice. And then when you think of others, wish that they could also have this this joy also. They can also, and if you can give them this joy, give it. It's like a, uh, think of. Uh, the Bodhisattva path being a lay person's path, and then the renunciate path being the path of an ordained person, right? They're supposed to, they, they uh, I'm not saying it is, okay? <laughs> Same, but uh, think of it that way. But, some, some, but somehow it's presented that way sometimes. Uh, because the renunciate is not supposed to accumulate stuff, right? And because the renunciate is not accumulating stuff, the, the renunciate cannot practice generosity much. It doesn't have things to give. Okay? But the uh, bodhisattva is supposed to practice uh, generosity. So if the bodhisattva doesn't have stuff, how is he going to practice generosity? Okay? So when you have stuff, you didn't steal it. <laughs> And you, you, you rightly acquired it because uh, no, the stuff doesn't have to be you know, material stuff. It could be just you're happy. You have happy condition, happy situation, and you, you know things are fortunate. That it's that very condition itself is something that you can give as a bodhisattva. Okay. Oh, I, uh, that's wonderful. I have this. It is a wonderful thing to have because I'm experiencing it. It's, I'm making me happy. So I wish others to have this. I can give others this. Okay. Practice tonglen. An opportunity for you to practice the giving, and that actually is a means for you to develop love. Okay, and when you're uh, experiencing pain and we're experiencing suffering, also say, "Oh, look at this condition. It's unwanted. It's not something that anyone should have." And and, and let that be a, 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 an opportunity for you to practice taking. Okay, say, "I don't want anyone to ever experience this. Whoever's experiences, I'm going. I'll, I'll suffer for you." I'll take it on, even though it's un, it's I'm, I'm, it's making me miserable. I'll I'll be the one who's miserable. I'll be the only one who's miserable. And uh, as you continue to do this, you will find yourself always in a center, and that center will always be joy. And even though you no, know, the, the earth is shaking. Uh, it's 2008. Was that? That's when the, the crash happened. Yeah. 2008, and you lost like half of your fortune. You remember, you're able to maintain your center. You're able to maintain your joy. Yeah, that's all very, uh, that's awful. No one should experience that. But you're not crushed by it, right? And when and the same thing, when something incredible happened, your fortune is multiplied, you know, 300-fold. <laughs> you don't feel guilty. Oh, some people don't really have anything. Okay, I shouldn't be rejoicing. No, be happy. Karma is manifesting. It's showing you its power. Okay, even if you don't want this happiness, you're gonna get it. <laughs> okay, all right. So now I have now I have condition a situation where I can actually practice generosity. Okay, 
And even if it's just in your mind, that's practicing generosity. Even just wishing others to have it, that's practicing generosity. Okay. Um, that's basically it. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, let me have a drink. <laughs> yes, please enjoy that, even if we don't have one. <laughs> I mean, all of you. <laughs> I was not having this. Maybe, They'll have a long time. Maybe you're enjoy it. <laughs> you're fasting still. Right. Ah, it was a joy. Thank you. I wish you could have gone into depth with this, but anyway, Great even way. if we went into depth with it, what you got now is what you would have gotten out of it anyway. <laughs> Five years later, if you took notes, these are the five, and you'd be just like me, wait a minute, what's number three again? <laughs> but you know the essence of it. The, yeah, the conviction I was referring to earlier, by the way, is about the aspirational aspects, mm. right? It's mm. number seven in the 51 second. Yeah. Mm. So that's not something you should have an open mind about once you, in other words, believing that it's possible to achieve a spiritual oh, yeah, By open mind, it's really an attitude of open-mindedness that you, you don't feel right. threatened if someone is challenging you. No, but that's what the point is. Once yeah. you believe, but yes, yeah. people have become enlightened. It is possible to become enlightened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring them on. Yeah. And, uh, They're not and going to change that conviction yeah. because it's based on reason, it's based on reflection. Mm -hmm. That was... Yeah, and, and when someone is... Uh, sometimes, I mean... I'm not sure who else will cooperate this, but this is my own conviction. When someone is trying to force a belief on someone else, sometimes I, I say it's because that person who's trying to force that belief doesn't really believe it. And he wants some, that person wants someone else as a, what you call that? Uh, as a, 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 almost like an accomplice. <laughs> or if that person comes to believe it, then I can, I can believe it, I can believe it a little bit more. So they want validation. Validation, yeah, validation. <laughs> Compassing sounds cute, cute. <laughs> it's like you want to compass in your in your belief. Yeah. 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 And like I when you're asking for advice, you're just looking for an accomplice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when someone is trying to force their belief upon you, uh, sometimes think of oh that person really doesn't doesn't believe that himself and help them. Go uh, engage that person from the perspective of helping that person. If that if that if that a belief that a belief that you already have, <laughs> and you you have the right reason or con tool that led you to conviction, maybe you can partake. With, uh, you can share those with that person. And if it's something that you already know, I mean, I know this is false, and these are the reason why it's false. Let me share that with that person, and do it out of compassion. Don't do it to try to bring the uh, bring the person down. They have to be willing to consider facts. If the wind it's a political it. argument, especially. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shaky ground right there. <laughs> okay, you're free to go. Stretch your legs. Thank you.